Team Buck, welcome to the Freedom Hunt Friday, November 19th edition of the show. We got the House of Representatives passed narrowly Biden's spending extravaganza bill that pulled back better. It's a lot of socialism, Green New Deal nonsense, and is it even going to make it through the Senate? We will discuss that. Plus, they're already telling you, you better get the booster or else you're not really vaccinated. What a shock that is. We will address that one together. We've been telling you that was going to happen. Kamala Harris is technically in charge right now. And the New York Times refused to run a piece on Kenosha that made the riots look bad. Some interesting stuff there. We will dive into it, friends. All of it here in just a moment. For hardworking Americans, finding health care can be an expensive struggle. It can feel like you don't have any real choice at all. That's why I'm introducing our friends at OneShare Health. As a Christian healthcare sharing ministry, they're a nonprofit dedicated to helping thousands of Americans find affordable health care and support their members' communities through charity and volunteer missions. Their ACA exempt programs are perfect for small business owners, the self employed, or anyone who's just fed up with the broken traditional healthcare system. Don't worry about ridiculous Obamacare mandates or penalties. Get the most out of your hard earned money with health care for just $115 a month for you or $239 for your family. Get $75 off your enrollment fee with promo code BUCK. Call 833-230-4455 now or go online to OneShareHealth.com for a fast quote in seconds. That's 833-230-4455 or OneShareHealth.com with promo code BUCK for your special offer. Live well, pay less, see how much you'll save, and put the freedom of choice back in your hands. Okay, so build back better, blah, blah, blah. Biden, Pelosi, all this stuff that's happening right now. It's like they don't know how math works. Inflation is going to destroy Biden's presidency from a political perspective. It's going to really hurt the economy, going to hurt the folks, right? All these politicians, Biden in particular, care about the folks, you know, this false promise that they actually spend time thinking about people who don't write campaign checks and don't have anything to offer the people who are the elites in charge. Oh, I care about the folks, they say. Sure they do. But here now we have a moment where we're seeing what they do when they can get away with it. Why should they pass this with a 50-50 Senate and a handful of seats majority in the House? I mean, they're telling us it is a transformational bill. But it only passed 220 to 213. Pelosi taking it to the whip. Very, very narrow passage of this bill. It's estimated to be a $2 trillion bill. Remember, Obama wanted to pass and did pass the uh, the stimulus package. Remember that term? Stimulus package. It was less than a trillion dollars. And we had the Tea Party. Now we're almost $30 trillion in debt. And we've just gone through the COVID spending extravaganza. And what we have here is a circumstance where the Democrats are just trying to ram it all through without a mandate from the people, without anyone really even understanding, for the most part, what's in this bill. And it is a total mess when you actually look at what's going to happen here. First of all, It sends more than half a trillion dollars to shifting the U.S. economy away from fossil fuels. Five hundred billion dollars 
for Green New Deal nonsense. Climate change is not a problem that we can control, nor is it a problem that we should fear. This is a religious belief for libs. They are out of their minds. But they're in the position to do this stuff now, so they're doing it. I mean, you have Pelosi telling everybody how excited she is about this. What a great thing this is. And here's Pelosi on the $500 billion climate spending. I've been saying it's a religious belief. You know how I always say this is a religious belief for people who think they're too smart for religion. Play clip six. It's about health care for our children, clean air, clean water. It's about jobs, 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 good paying union jobs to keep us preeminent in green technologies throughout the world. You've heard me say it's a national security issue, as the national security advisors tell us. A competition for habitat and resources with drought and rising sea levels, etc., uh, can cause a conflict and, of course, a moral obligation for us to hand this planet over to the next generation in a responsible way. For me, it's a religious thing. I believe this is God's creation, and we have moral obligation to be good stewards. But if you don't share that view, you must share the view that we have an obligation uh, to future generations. Can I just say, how often have you heard me on this show tell you that climate change is a religious belief? How often have you heard me say this? I, I, I've been saying it for 10 years now, but on this show, I say it's a, it's a religious belief for people who think they're too smart for religion. They replace traditional religion, God, morality, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, Jesus, whatever, right? Whatever, whatever your religious belief may be. Uh, they replace that with this. This is their religion replacement. Here you have the Speaker of the House saying it's a religious thing for me. Climate change is a religious thing for me. Do you think the people that have been yelling at me for years, it's not religion, it's science. Do they take a moment to say, wow, maybe it is something else? No, of course not. They were wrong and they don't care. That's actually one of the defining characteristics of the libs of today. They're wrong, they don't care. Wrong about Russia collusion? Ah, who cares? Wrong about Kyle Rittenhouse? Ah, who cares? Wrong about Jussie Smollett? Yeah, I look like an idiot. Who cares? Doesn't matter. They're wrong for a purpose. And as long as they serve that purpose, the pursuit of leftist power, that's all that matters. And really uh, kicking at the load-bearing walls of Western civilization. As long as they're, they're kicking those legs, trying to take it all down, doesn't matter if they lie, doesn't matter if they look stupid, they could care less. Um, I just have to say, the COVID numbers are starting to make it pretty clear we're going to have a rough COVID season. Not as bad as last year, but they're saying that there are projections now we could have hundreds of thousands of people die between now and next summer. That seems pretty bad, right? I mean, obviously every death is a tragedy, but you know what I mean? That sounds like a lot more than what we would have assumed. Think of all the millions and millions of the 100 million Plus, people going on 200 million people in this country now who have gotten the shot, at least a shot. Oh, but the shot isn't enough. This is so strange. Hold on. Wait. I thought that if you questioned how effective the vaccines were, you were an anti-science jerk who wanted people to die. And now they're straight up telling you. They are telling you 
that if you don't get the booster, I mean, all bets are off. Here's Dr. Ashish Jha. I think it is going to make an enormous difference. Uh, what the data is now really clear is that a third shot, a booster shot six months after your second shot of Moderna or Pfizer, dramatically reduces your risk of getting infected and spreading the virus. So if all eligible Americans, if all adult Americans six months out got the booster, I think it would dramatically lower the numbers of infections uh, and spread in our country. For how long? They won't answer that question for you. They will shout you down for it. This is the obvious question that we should all ask. Okay, let's say I get the booster, which I will not. How long will I have this great level of protection? You know what the real answer is? They don't know. They don't know. Now, we've seen that, for example, in younger people, there is, it is small by the percentages, but there is, it is a fact a risk of myocarditis for young males who get COVID vaccinations. That is a fact. It is established. People go, oh, 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 oh. no, it's real. It's small. I'm telling you it's small, or at least it is reportedly, maybe that's the key word, reportedly small. Okay, is it small if you get the shot every six months? Are we allowed to ask that one? Right? If I tell you that you've, you're, you're going to get a shot and there's a one in a hundred thousand chance that this shot could give you a heart condition, a serious heart condition. You'd probably say, all right, those are, I mean, if you're a lib, obviously you're like, I'm going to wear a mask, and you're terrified all the time. But you might say, all right, one in a hundred thousand, I'll take that. All right, well, if I tell you you're going to get the shot every six months, twice a year, and over the next 10 years, you're going to get 20 of these shots, how do you feel about those odds? You start to say, well, I mean, still good, but... And by the way, one in 100,000 is probably way, way uh, lower odds than what the reality is of that uh, shot. You know, it's one in, t- let's say I tell you it's one in 10,000. All right, one in 10,000. Every six months, you're going to take a shot that gives you a one in 10,000 chance of getting a serious heart condition and cause problems for your heart. You should say, okay, I don't know if I want to play that game every six months. I don't know if I want to spin the dial every six months the rest of my life. No, they're going to tell you, oh, no, don't worry, don't worry. We're going, to, we're going to be able to beat this. And to that I say, yeah, we should have therapeutics right now in place. I, I, I want to know, the people that are seriously ill that are in the hospital, how many of them got monoclonal antibodies? I want to know, are, are we giving this Merck pill out to people yet? If not, why not? If we have treatments that make this a disease that's very, very unlikely to kill anybody, why don't we then just go back to entirely normal life knowing, you know, if you get it, you get really sick, you go to the hospital, the odds are pretty good you're going to be fine. We've got crazy people in charge. That's the problem. Not everybody's crazy who's in charge, though. Governor Ron DeSantis, he gets it, obviously. Here's what he says. Play clip three, sir. Now they're going to do this mandate... And some nurses, many nurses, could lose their job. So you're actually making the hospitals short-staffed as a result of the mandate. So how does this make any sense when you say you're trying to preserve? This is about power. This is about control. That's what they're doing because it makes absolutely no sense to be able to do this uh, when you're talking about what would actually make sense for people. Yep. All true. 
It is about power. It is about control. They are now forcing you to get a shot that is not particularly effective and wanes ineffectiveness rapidly over a short period of time. Uh, That's where we are. Right. They're not forcing you to get the measles, mumps, rubella shot. That's one and done. That's what they pretended this was. This is the flu shot forever. That's the new program. We've been telling you this from the beginning because I understand hysterical libs. I know how they think. I'm surrounded by them. I've dated some of them. I know how they think. That never ends well, by the way. But they're all just, if I just listen to the people in authority, everything will be okay. If I just listen to the really smart people, it's all going to be fine. It's all going to be fine. No. No, you have to think for yourself. The people in charge. This is, the, this is a, a fundamental understanding that I will say conservatives have that libs do not. The people in charge don't really care about you. They don't. They don't lose any sleep at night. They, the ones making the decisions in D.C., the ones making the decision in the governor's mansion, wherever you live across the country, they're not all, oh, my gosh, you mean inflation means that Bob and, Bob and Sally's milk is more expensive? I better work even harder tomorrow. Like, ah, you know, whatever. I can't control that much. Oh, when it's going against them. When they think they've got an idea, when they want to do something, they should control everything. It's out of their control when things are going badly. But everything else is totally supposed to be in their control, right? This is the cognitive dissonance that leftists live through. Look, I mean, I think leftists, if you actually were able to look at our brains on the right and the left, I mean, I think people that have leftist brains, there's something different, like structurally. The synapses fire differently. They just view the world in a, through a different lens. They process information differently. Because otherwise, how could you explain people who think that walking around with a mask on outside by themselves makes any sense? That's because they have emotionalized their decision-making processes beyond anything that could be considered rational. How do you have people that say they don't want to have children because they're worried about overpopulating the world I mean, because of climate change? I mean, that's obviously something that I think in a different era, if you had told a psychiatrist, they would be like, let's go get you some Valium. Tell me about your mother, you know? It's my Freud. I don't know if that was came through as Freud or not, but... Yeah, people would say that that was crazy. But instead, here we are acting like it's normal because the libs say, oh, oh, I didn't want to leave this one on the cutting room floor. Uh, this, this, to me, was a pretty important one. An anecdote from Nellie Bowles, who was a tech reporter for the New York Times. I will read it to you in a, in a moment. You need to hear about Kenosha and how they lie to you about Kenosha. They hide things from you about Kenosha. It's about the leftist mob, folks, protecting the leftist mob at all costs. Let's talk about amazing meat for a moment. Yes, screw climate change. Eat a lot of red meat. Why do just four companies control 80% of the U.S. meat industry? Because big food crushes the little guy. Help change that with Moink Box, M-O-I-N-K, MoinkBox.com. Actually, I'm just thawing out a Moink filet for myself this weekend because they're amazing. I've got a freezer full of Moink meat. Whenever it's time to make some sausages, any steak, I've got ribeyes, I've got fillets. They're delicious. Moink delivers grass-fed beef and lamb, pastured pork and chicken, and wild-caught Alaskan salmon 
right to your door, and they help family farms become and stay financially independent. Moink meat is even free of antibiotics and hormones. Restaurant-quality steaks can't be bought just anywhere. you got to choose Moink. Look, I've tasted the difference myself. Moink is so much fresher and such a higher quality than what you'll get in your average grocery store, even at a butcher. You've got to try Moink to see what I'm talking about. Join the Moink movement with me. Go to moinkbox.com slash buck right now, and my listeners will get free, that's right, free bacon for a year. Oink, oink, bacon, baby. It's delicious. Free bacon for a year. M-O-I-N-K, moinkbox.com slash buck. That's moinkbox.com slash buck, M-O-I-N-K. All right. Were you told the truth about Kenosha? No. That's obvious, right? This is one way to start the conversation. Are people lying to you and are they evil libs? Yes. That's pretty much the title of every one of my podcasts. But here you go. This is from a New York Times reporter. This was uh, published on Barry Weiss's Substack. And you should know about this. A note on Kenosha in light of the Kyle Rittenhouse trial. Until quite recently, the mainstream liberal argument was that burning down businesses for racial justice was both good and healthy. Burnings allowed for the expression of righteous rage and the businesses all had insurance to rebuild. When I was at the New York Times, I went to Kenosha to see about this and it turned out to be not true. The part of Kenosha that people burned in the riots was the poor, multiracial commercial district full of small, underinsured cell phone shops and car lots. It was very sad to see and to hear from people who had suffered. Beyond the financial loss, small storefronts are quite meaningful to their owners and communities, which continually baffles the Zoom class. Something odd happened with the story after I filed it. It didn't run. It sat and sat. Now, it could be the piece was just bad. I've sent in bad ones before, and I'll do it again. A few weeks after I filed, an editor told me the Times wouldn't be able to run my Kenosha insurance debacle piece until after the 2020 election. So sorry. There are a wide variety of reasons given. Space, timing, tweaks here or there. Eventually, the election passed. Biden was in the White House. And my Kenosha story ran. Whatever the reason for holding the peace, covering the suffering after the riots was not a priority. The reality that brought Kyle Rittenhouse into the streets was one we reporters were meant to ignore. The old man who tried to put out a blaze at a Kenosha store had his jaw broken. The top editor of the Philadelphia Inquirer had to resign in June 2020 amid staff outcry for publishing a piece with the headline, Buildings Matter 2. If you lived in those neighborhoods on fire, you were not supposed to get an extinguisher. The proper response, the only acceptable response, was to see the brick and mortar torn down to watch the fires burn and to say thank you. This is the distillation of what I have been telling you now about the leftist mentality in Kenosha. Why do they hate Kyle Rittenhouse so much? It's actually not racism. They say that because that's their preferred slur, but it's not that they really believe Kyle Rittenhouse is a racist. They really believe he is a well-intentioned armed citizen who stood in the way of the leftist mob. People were angry, you see, and that outpouring of rage was supposed to be allowed to continue without anyone standing in the way. No one's allowed to say enough. You don't get to burn this down because you're upset. You don't get to loot my store because social justice or systemic oppression. Boo blanking who? 
You're not allowed to do that. You see, you have to say, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Burn down my building. Steal my stuff. Assault me. Attack an elderly person. uh, Someone's grandfather. Break his jaw. Teach them a lesson for saying, please don't burn down my store. Because you know what happens if there are more Kyle Rittenhouses who show up? You know what happens if every time there's going to be a riot, armed citizens stand out in front of their business with a semi-automatic rifle and say, if you attack me, I will defend myself. The riots stop. And that's a big problem for the left because they like riots. This was an election year. They were not only terrifying people and using a form of emotional blackmail, vote for a Democrat or else. Really, just actual blackmail. Vote for a Democrat or else we'll burn down your neighborhood. Right? That's the way they feel. They like that ability. They terrify people into compliance. Can't stand in the way of that. That's what Kyle Rittenhouse did. That is his gravest sin. And that is why they hate him and lie about him so much. Now, as I speak to you, Kamala Harris is the de facto president of the United States. Joe Biden's going through a colonoscopy today. He's going to be 79 tomorrow, I believe. This guy's almost 80 years old. They made him president of the United States. They're a bunch of reckless buffoons. Democrats should be ashamed, but they're incapable of shame. Lust for power. That's all that matters. They're monomaniacal about power. But Kamala's in charge just for a little bit. And everyone's starting to feel like, hmm, how's that feel? You know, if China hit us with a first strike, how would it feel to have Kamala in charge? Yeah, you know, our future is like the future of the things where we talk about futurism and coming together in a future of a place where we come together and really Kamala Harris is president. The entire nation would be held captive to the world's most unimpressive HR and diversity educator acting as commander in chief. That's what we would have. Doesn't make me sleep well at night. That's what we've got for the Buck Sexton podcast today. Thanks for being here with me. Please continue to listen, subscribe, Give me a review in the Apple Podcast Store. Also, posted a photo of Tallulah. It's only on Locals. You want to see it? You got to go to bucksexton.locals.com. Subscribe. Back tomorrow. Shields high.